We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Today is a huge episode, the mock draft. It's not just going to be any mock draft. We will be having Jason and Steven arguing in the war room to make their case for a pick with me judging the best argument and going with that player. So if Jason wins seven times, he wins all seven rounds and I'll take his player. So we'll see. Um, I'm also going to take the Chargers needs into consideration. So if Steven wants a fullback in the first round, we probably won't go with that. Uh, We'll also be using the Draft Network's mock draft simulator to go through these picks. Each pick will follow an NFL draft-style time. So the first round will be 10 minutes long, the second round 7 minutes, and so on. It's going to be nuts. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so for the first round, it's going to be 10 minutes long, and I'll just give you guys a little preview how it's going to go for those listening. Hey, hey guys. Uh, I'm going to toss a... Who, I wonder who I'm going to pick. <laughs> yeah, I, well, who knows? Maybe the simulator will uh, throw Maybe something crazy. Surprise we'll us. see. Yeah, who knows? Better not. But, um, yeah, Chase Young could be there. Then you got to – anyway, no, you're picking love. But anywho, <laughs> round one's going to work like this. We're going to toss a coin to see who goes first. We're going to have each of these guys talking one at a time because if they're both talking over each other, all I'm going to hear is something, 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 love, 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 and it's just going to be a huge pain. So we're going to have these guys going uh, one at a time. So first up, we'll go for two minutes with their opening argument, the second person for another two minutes, their opening argument, then a two-minute rebuttal, two-minute rebuttal, they each get 30 seconds to have a closing argument, and then I'll have one minute to decide. So this will take 10 minutes. We'll blow through it and hopefully have a pick by the end of 10 minutes and not pull the Vikings and not have a pick. <laughs> All right. So uh, I don't have a coin. So you guys are going to pick a number between 1 and 10. Whoever's closest gets to uh, talk first in the first round, and then we'll alternate from there. So I've got a number. Jason, pick a number between 1 and 10. 
10, the number of a player. Seven. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you priced it right at you won, so I got I was a two, so Steven wins. Yes. Ten was a horrible decision. <laughs> so, so, so Steven Steven, you get to go first. So sweet. What's up? I said sweet. Oh sweet. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Steven, pull up the draft network for us. All right, let's get it started. Okay, so we're gonna go seven rounds. I'm gonna try to talk about the players that are available at each round. Otherwise, uh yeah, that's it. You mostly won't hear too much from me except for the decision. So each guy will have two minutes to pick. So right now, the first pick was Joe Burrow. Then it's Stephen, could you scroll down? Thank you, Chase Young. Then Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons to the Giants, Tua to the Dolphins. So there goes that one. So they are up. Stephen, you are on the clock. Go. So this is perfect. I, I was talking about this kind of scenario the, on Twitter the other day. Um, Justin Herbert is available. But in this scenario, I'm going to go with Jeffrey Okuda. That's going to be my preference here. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about the Simmons uh, ideal pick at number six. But I think Jeffrey Okuda has a much um, more value position. And I think he is just as elite as Simmons. I have them graded as one point apart. There's not that much of a difference for me as as in terms of their upside and, and their value as players. Um, a lot of people are going to say, well, you already have corners. You already have Chris Harris. Um, But Jeffrey Okuda, I think, does more for this team than Isaiah Simmons would or or more than Justin Herbert would be. And honestly, like we talked about in the corner episode, I think he's the best corner prospect in this this draft in the last 10 years. So I think we haven't seen a corner prospect like him in a very long time. And, you know, Casey Hayward's getting older. uh, Chris Harris is getting older. So I think that would be the perfect selection for the Chargers here. You have another minute. Oh. Um, so just going back to that kind of argument, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, in this instance, you have to get your quarterback of the future. And I know Jason's going to bring up his, uh, ideal situation of the quarterback. Um, I'm just not thrilled with the value of taking Herbert or Jordan love here. I think you take an elite player at number six, you just take the best player available and then you, uh, pick up the chips later on, so to speak. So Jeffrey Okuda is the best player on the board here by far. He's one of the higher graded players that I have. And so for that reason, I'm going to take Jeffrey Okuda. All right, that's about two minutes. That's not fair. And Jason, go. All right. <laughs> Crap. Uh, all right, so I'm taking Jordan Love here. I, I know, I know, over and over and over again. But listen, listen, Joe Burrow's gone. Tua Tagovailo is gone. Let's just, that's the scenario right here. So you got to go with either your blue chip prospect or you got to go with your quarterback of the future. So now this is depending on your point of view. Are you sold as Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback? If you're sold on Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback over the next few years, maybe you like a future draft class more for quarterback, then obviously you can take a different position. But here, I mean, I'm taking Jordan Love. You, you got to almost. So Tyrod Taylor, be it as it may, has not stuck around on any club for a very long time. Now, I like Tyrod Taylor. And if Taylor is successful, that's all That's all the more opportunity for Jordan Love to be mentored by a good quarterback in a system that fits him well behind a quarterback that fits him well. So if you are to wait and take a Jake Fromm, Jake Fromm being t- t- mentored by Tyrod Taylor is not going to work out as well as Jordan Love or Tua Tagovailoa being mentored by Tyrod Taylor. It's just not going to, it's not going to stick as well. It's not scheme reliant on those guys. Now, if you take Jordan Love, he's in a scheme that fits him. 
He's behind a quarterback that fits him, and he's surrounded by weapons that fit him. It's the perfect, most ideal situation for a quarterback to come in and be successful, and it still leaves you re- it still leaves you plenty of resources to take players that fit him later on, such as a speedy receiver or a good anchor at left tackle. So you still have plenty of room to make decisions and find players that fit your new quarterback well. And if you take a quarterback early, you now know what to build around. If you wait, you don't know what quarterback you are going to build around. Next year, all the quarterbacks could be gone. By the time you pick, say Tyrod goes 8-8, eight and eight, then you're in a situation where you can't take any quarterback. Time, Steven, go for it. Yeah, so just to answer, I know what Jason's getting at, and I think from my from day one, my preference for the quarterback position has been you start Tyrod Taylor next year, and then you take a quarterback at six. Just for me in this instance, I think Jeffrey Okuda is a can't-miss prospect, and I think he's too much to pass on. Um, I get what Jason is saying, and especially in a division with Patrick Mahomes, you want to get your quarterback of the future, and you want to get a high upside guy. Um, so if I had to take a quarterback, I would go Jordan Love over Justin Herbert just because of Love's upside. I want to be able to have a guy that I can take a chance on that I think can go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes. So I will say in this situation, I would take Love over Herbert, but I'm just not thrilled with that value. And I think Jeffrey Okuda is too much to pass up on. And again, you, you know, you're in Patrick Mahomes' division, so what's the best way to do that? What's the best way to counterattack that? You get the best corner prospect and you get him for the next 10, 12 years. You pair him in elite defense with Derwin James, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, and then you can go kind of be the opposite to what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing with their high-octane offense. And I think in this situation with Jeffrey Okuda on the board, that I think is should be the decision. Jason. So, I mean, like I said, perfect situation. If you have to start a quarterback this year, Tyra – Jordan Love might not be the best answer, but you don't need to start Jordan Love this year. You have Tyrod Taylor to mentor him. You can look to the future to start Jordan Love. It's the perfect time to take an upside quarterback. Jordan Love, if he needs to start right away, he might not be the guy, but he doesn't. You can take the time to mold him and create your team around him and to mentor him and tutor him with this coaching staff to get him comfortable with the scheme so that he can go perform. Now, you can go get your blue chip guy and you can create this defensive juggernaut with Tyrod Taylor and you can go win 10 games. Now you're stuck. That's why you got to take a quarterback right now that you can rely on in the future, not necessarily right now. Now, say you do go 10 and 6, you already got your quarterback of the future. You're good. You don't need to worry about it. It's somebody you have faith in and somebody that is being molded to your scheme. And now you can be comfortable going into next year's draft and not worrying about having to trade a uh, future two, this year's two, a future first maybe to move up and go get your guy. You're comfortable. You got him. Okay, so you guys are going to have 30 seconds to close it out. Steven, go for it. Yeah, so I just think, you know, in in this modern age of football, you want to take the best player available and just, and, you know, you deal with the consequences later. So I think Jeffrey Okuda, I think as a player right now and a player in the future, I think he is miles better than anyone on the board right now. And I'll deal with the quarterback consequences later, probably next year. Um, but I'll, I'm sitting pretty with Jeffrey Okuda, in my opinion. Listen, seconds. you don't want to be stuck with Jalen Hurts, all right? You don't want to be stuck with Kelly Bryant. And you don't want to go find a sleeper and be stuck with them for forever because you took Jeffrey Okuda right now. You don't want to do it. You go get your quarterback that you believe in, and you, you mold him, and you, and you make him fit your scheme, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Dealing with the consequences in the future is how you turn into Chicago. 
Sorry, all right. That's how you turn into Chicago. You go trade for Nick Foles, all right? Or your your time. Look, crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good. It's gonna be even faster in the next round. So get ready. All right. I do like both arguments. I do see both sides of the argument. As a as a someone who watched these players, I do prefer Okuda, and I do like the idea of them. You know, going against both these players are meant to beat the Chiefs. Basically, either going to take a corner to beat Patrick Mahomes. We're going to take Jordan Love to outscore Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. That is a really However, good way to say that. Thanks. I have like 20 seconds. However, I do have to say that I heard more about why you shouldn't take a certain player than the other, I feel. And a I don't want to worry about the future. So with the sixth pick in the first round of the 2020 draft, the, oh, I almost at San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers select... Jordan Love. Yes! <laughs> Suck it, Steven. I'm not hey, man, I made my case. I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's good. So we got Jordan Love. I'll just go through the picks as they go. So Okuda, then Wirfs, Henderson to the Jags, Backton to the Browns, CeeDee Lamb, Ruggs to the Raiders, Judy. Oh, my God. Receivers Wills. flying off the board. Thomas. Yeah, if you guys want to like talk about any of these players as they go, go for it. Full so the uh, offensive tackles just made a made a run to the Broncos. There was a couple taken back to back. You had uh, Jedrick Wills and Andrew Thomas. Uh, Javon Clin- Kinlaw nineteen is a huge value. Yeah, for the Raiders. The Eagles with Justin Jefferson. That hype is building. Everyone needs to Herbert get on that to the train. Patriots. Oh yep. man, Justin Herbert to the New England Patriots at pick twenty three. He's got Patriots written all over him. Josh Jones to the Dolphins at 26. It's a little rich for me. Patrick Queen to the Ravens. Gallimore in round one. Gallimore in the first Oh, my gosh. Cole Komet in round one. Green Bay. Wow. DeAndre Swift to the Chiefs. Okay, we're in the second round now. T. Higgins to the Colts. Zach Bond to the Bengals. Ezra Cleveland. Okay, we are at the Chargers pick right now. So Ezra Cleveland just went to the Giants. We are at the Chargers pick at 37. You guys can look over the board right now. I'll explain the second round. So in the second round, it's going to be seven minutes for the pick. First person up will have a minute and a half, and then a minute and a half for the next person, and then a one-minute rebuttal, and then 45 seconds to close out your argument. And then we'll uh, do judgment time, judgment day, whatever, for half a minute. So it'll be pretty quick. So are you – I don't care if you're ready. I'm going to say it. Uh, Jason, you're going to go first. You ready? Yep. Minute and a half. Here we go. 90 seconds. Good luck. All right. Pick 37. I'm taking a guy that can go up and get it deep down the field along with Mike Williams. I am getting Denzel Mims, the receiver out of Baylor. Somebody with 4-3 speed that the Chargers desperately need after losing Tyrell Williams. They need somebody to stretch the field. You need somebody to go and get it for Jordan Love when Jordan Love is ready to take the field. Denzel Mims is kind of that perfect complement here to what Jordan Love does. Push the ball down the field. Give your receiver a chance. Denzel Mims is that guy. Denzel Mims is just also really needed on the roster uh, due to the receiver room being really lackluster outside of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It's a huge position of need, and I feel like Denzel Mims does not belong in the second round. He's a first-round guy, so I'm taking the value here. Denzel Mims does not belong here, and so I'm going to steal him. How much time I got Oh, you got 30 more seconds. All right. 
So with Denzel Mims, it's going to give the offense more creativity under Tyrod Taylor as well. You have somebody you can send on a crosser. It's going to look very, very similar to how the team used Tyrell Williams. You know, go give him a jump ball, give him a drag, have, have him go on a crosser, go across the field. We saw Tyrell Moss do that a couple of years back. It fits very well, and it complements Keenan Allen and Mike Williams perfectly. I just feel like it's a really good pick here. And uh, there's offensive line talent later that I really like. So I'm going to hold off a little bit and take Denzel Mims here because, man, that's some value in the Steven, you're round. up. Go. All right. So this at this point in the in the board, there is some very good players that I would be tempted by. I, you know, I think J.K. Dobbins is a guy I'm really interested in. Um, you know, Eric Williams talked about him very glowingly. And so that's, that's one guy I thought about. Um, Jason, of course, talked about Denzel Mims. Um, for me, though, this is this really comes down to the value of the position. I think there are much more. Um, this is a much deeper class at receiver than it is at offensive line. You know, I think there are guys in, in, at the wide receiver position you can get down the line, like Devin Duvernay, for example. Um, so for me, I, if I'm picking, I'm picking Austin Jackson here, uh, the offensive tackle out of USC. Uh, he can come in and and fight for a starting spot at left tackle right away. He's got length, he's got tenacity, he's got quickness, and he's got strength. And I think, you know, for your left tackle for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years, you want someone that can come in and protect Jordan Love's blind side. Um, but really, this just comes down to value for me. I think there are much better receivers down the line than offensive tackles. And I think Austin Jackson is the best offensive tackle on the board at this point. Okay, Jason, you got a minute. So the reason I'm okay with taking Denzel Mims here, I already mentioned the value of him belonging in the first round, and he just fell to the second round. I get that there's better receiver, or not better receivers. I get that there's receiver depth later. I don't want a depth receiver as my receiver three. I want another guy. I want to create a deadly receiving core for Tyrod Taylor moving forward. I want to. I want to have a good defense, a good secondary, and then bring in a great receiving core to take advantage of it. Right. So you have this great secondary with Chris Harris, Casey Hayward, Desmond King, etc. Derwin James. If you can put up the points. You go get Denzel Mims and put up the points to take advantage of this great defense. You're gonna you're gonna win games. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what he's saying. You know, just personally, just me, I think that this offensive line class and they need to take advantage early. And I think the biggest criticism a lot of people have of the Chargers front office the past few years is they haven't done a good enough job beefing up the offensive line. So you take Austin Jackson, you pair him with Ryan Balaga, you pair him with Trey Turner and, and Mike Pouncey or Scott Questenberry, and then you have a, a left guard spot open up for for competition, and you have a very good offensive line to build for in the future. And I think you know you kind of rectify that, that criticism of the past where you are building a strong offensive line for the future. And you, know, you have Trey Pipkins, who would be a very high-quality backup. You have Forrest Lamp or Dan Feeney that would be quality backups, and Scott Questenberry could be a quality backup. So I think you just want to go in the opposite direction of what the past had been and beef up that offensive line. And, you know, Denzel Mims does have great value here, but I think Austin Jackson prevents a safer floor and an immediate impact greater than Denzel Mims could do right now. Jason. So the reason I'm going Denzel Mims over Austin Jackson here and why I'm not for for, uh, Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson, people expect him to fall to the second round. Denzel Mims, he's not expect. I would say he's not expected to fall to the second round at this point. At this point, after that combine he put up, he's almost guaranteed to be a first round guy. Austin Jackson, you could see him going a little further along in the second round. You could see him being available in the second round later. So I mean, it's kind of that same thing with value. 
uh, that we were talking about with the first round. Like maybe this player is available later. So I get where he's coming from with that. But it's just going to, you're taking a first round guy versus a pure second round guy. And I want the first round guy right here. Close it out, Stephen, 45. All right. So, you know, again, this is just the value of the position for me. I think think there's such a emphasis on building offensive line and, and you need a left tackle. And, you know, I like Trey Pipkins. I think I believe in him, and I think that he could develop into a good guy uh, going down the line. But I just think that Austin Jackson has all-pro left tackle potential. And so for me, you know, it, the need of, a, an, of the offensive tackle, the need of the left tackle position is going to outweigh the potential of drafting a high upside wide receiver three. Because you still have Keenan Allen, you still have Mike Williams, but you don't really have that guy to anchor the left side of your offensive line. So that's why I would take Austin Jackson. All right, here comes the decision. I have 30 seconds to decide. I expect a little bit more. Like you kind of got to argue either for or against Trey Pipkins here. And I was hoping to hear maybe like, okay, you know, maybe Campen wants a later round guy because that's what he's good at working with. Or they like Pipkins so why would they take a guy in the second round? But I didn't hear a whole lot of that. So for me, it really just came down to, to really just a Stevens argument where he prefer he says you can get a receiver later on who's maybe not a Denzel Mims, but you can get a better player later on than a Austin Jackson later on. So I'm going to go with Austin Jackson in the second round. I think that, I think that is a great choice. Of course you do. All right. (laughs) Round three, it's going to even quicker. It'll be five minutes per pick, a minute for each of them, then 45 seconds, a 30 second rebuttal. Then my judgment, here we go. Go through the draft. So Kenneth Murray just went to the Panthers and JK Dobbins to the Dolphins. And then Denzel Mims went to the Texans who seriously need a wide receiver. Oh my God! I don't. We're not going to get into that again. <laughs> um, Antoine Winfield to the Bears at forty-three. Jonathan Taylor to the Buccaneers at forty-five. Jalen Rieger to the Broncos at forty-six. I think that's a really good pick for them. There goes uh, some offensive line. Luke, Lucas Neing and uh, Caesar Ruiz just went. Trayvon Diggs available in the second. He just went. AJ Terrell as well. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Lloyd okay. Cushenberry to the Ravens. That has Ravens written all over them. Curtis Weaver to the Texans. Texans are having a very good draft. They dean it. Cam yeah, Akers really to the Ravens, it. man. That's a good fit. That is a really good fit. Jalen Johnson, my guy, to the Titans. Ooh, there goes KJ Hamler. That's a shame. Hamler at the end of round two. That's that's a little early for my taste. Right, round three. Then we have Kyle Duggar, the small school safety to the Redskins. Damon Arnett, Joshua Uche to the Jets. And then the Dolphins just picked Julian Aquara from Notre Dame. How are our receivers right, list looking? Yeah, let's see our receiver. Well, I guess we'll – yeah, you guys can look. I'll kind of explain or talk. I want to hear a little more why the other guy sucks. Why should I not take that guy? <laughs> I'm going to get it. The guys in the first, second, you know, they're good players. But, you know, why should I, I not think, take the other guy? Why does, Jackson what's wrong suck. with Mims? Well, you got to find a way to make them suck because you are you – are <laughs> You want some more passion. Right. I feel you. I feel it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Steven, you are up. You have a minute. Go. So this is going to be the uh, justification for passing on Denzel Mims because Brandon Ayuk is on the board right now. I think him and Denzel Mims are very comparable as players. They're very comparable as uh, what they could offer the Chargers at this point. Um, I think Denzel Mims is a little better route runner, which, you know, that's why he's he's uh, going around earlier. But Brandon Ayuk does many things that are would be – Big upgrades for the Chargers, including as a return man. He was very good as a returner at Arizona State. He's explosive. 
You can get them into the screen game. You can run them on reverses, run them on jet sweeps, and and just offer more explosive explosiveness and athleticism to the Chargers offense. And as a wide receiver three, like that's what you want right now. That's what you want uh, to build around uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is have a deep threat, have a guy that can bring some explosiveness and, you know, just get a big bunch of big plays and add that into the mix for the Chargers. All right. So I am going Robert Hunt out of Louisiana here. And so reasoning is Austin Jackson was taken in the second round. If you're going to go interior offense or if you're going to go offensive line, build an offensive line, make it elite. Make it make it a serious contender as best offensive line in the league. Protect your quarterback. All right. So give Mike Williams time to get downfield. Give Keenan Allen time to find the space in the defense. Give these players opportunities to get open instead of adding another player to get open quicker. And so instead of giving the defense more decisions to to defend, more guys to defend, Give the defense more problems getting to the quarterback. That way you have more time to get your star guys open. So go get Robert Hunt here out of Louisiana. Build a juggernaut of an offensive line and keep your quarterback protected. Get Austin Eckler open running lanes. Get Justin Jackson open running lanes and watch this offense perform. Go. All right. That's a really, that, you know, I was pretty blindsided by that. I didn't think that was going to be what Jason was saying. So um, my counter argument here is basically I think Robert Hunt is an offensive tackle i know he's listed as an interior offensive line um i view him more as an as an offensive tackle just because of his physical tools he's he's not like super tall he's not isaiah wilson tall but he is six five he does have good length he does have good mobility um so i didn't even really consider him because i view him as a tackle and you know that kind of just plays with it you know you don't want an overload of offensive tackles and so brandon Ayuk, i think comes in and fits right in and if and he does have wide receiver two upside for me so I think you have a guy that fits what the Chargers want to do. He fits what the Chargers need more so than what Robert Hunt would be because I think Robert Hunt is just more of a depth piece, whereas Brandon Ayuk could come in and provide a spark, provide a punch right away to the Chargers offense and special teams. Well, listen, we're talking. you're talking about a depth piece. Brian Bulaga has an injury history. All right, Trey Pipkins and Trent Scott were your backups last year. Get your depth guys. If you, if you think he'll play tackle then go get him to play tackle and have your depth guy there in the backfield to to be ready in case somebody goes down. That way you're not in a position you were in last year when Russell Okun went out. So now if Brian Bulaga gets hurt, say your left tackle gets hurt, now you're in a position where you can you can still plug a guy in and keep keep that offense churning. You don't have a problem where you're starting Trent Scott all over again and uh, now you're back at square one where you were last year where your quarterback is running for his life. Brandon Ayuk has a lot of fundamental issues getting open that I'm not a fan of. Behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, sure, he has the time to develop, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed that would help him necessarily as a rookie. I think he has a lot of technical issues to refine, and time. I like the online depth. All right. Um, you know, I, I just I th- I know that Brandon Ayuk did not test well. I don't I know that he's not a four three guy like Denzel Mims. I think if he had the chance to do a pro day, I think he would kind of uh, improve his forty time, but. You know, when I watch him on tape, I see that breakaway speed. I see that versatility that he can add to the Chargers offense. And um, I think he would just be the best fit available right now at, at this point in the draft. And again, you know, I think Robert Hunt, as I view him as a tackle, I think that's just kind of overkill with Austin Jackson, Trey Pipkins, and Brian Balaga in tow already. So I think for me, it's a clear choice that I would go Brandon Ayuk. Okay, 30 seconds, close it out. Well, 
Well, with me, I got him as an interior line. So if he can't if he can't take the tackle spot and Forrest Lamp wins, that's already a win. Now he's your tackle depth. But Robert Hunt could come in here and win that left guard spot. He can win that job. And now you've got a line solid across the board. And you've got you've got all guys that are ready to start, able to start, instead of a bunch of replacement level guys. Tyrod Taylor is protected. He doesn't have to be a backup tackle. He can be our starting guard. He can be successful in this offense and give Tyrod Taylor time. I'm not going to lie. That argument makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, if you do view him as a left guard, like that's great. I just view him as a tackle. So I think that that's just where the difference lies here. Um, the Chargers desperately missed Tyrell Williams. They desperately missed what Travis Benjamin, the threat of Travis Benjamin could do. Obviously, Travis Benjamin has his issues as a player, but the Chargers need to add more speed. They need to add more depth to this position. Unless you're fine with starting Andre Patton and Jason Moore again, like I think it has to be a wide receiver at this point. And so for me, Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver available. So that is why Time. I would take him. Ooh, geez, this is a tough one. I was, that was a really tough one, guys. I don't know how I'm going to pick this one because I totally get it. Yeah, but you definitely got me, Jason, with the whole don't want to see another Trent Scott situation. I get that because that terrifies me. Um, but then Steven, you're like, it's kind of overkill at this point. I do think having a guy like Ayuk in the third, you know, that's great value too. And you do see a, you know, a world where he can be that burner kind of guy or, or at least something. Oh, man, this one's really tough, guys. <sighs> because I have enough... I never think too much lime, too many linemen is enough, but I do feel like at this point there are enough linemen, and there's a bit of a position concern with him being a guard or tackle, so I'm going with Ayuk. Thank God. <laughs> he took Ayuk first, and I couldn't take Ayuk, and I was like, please. But I wanted to give a good argument still. Hey, I really That was did. a great argument. No, I honestly, I would have. I thought you did a really good job, and honestly, like I – you know, I was expecting a, a different player here. Maybe you know Bryce Hall is on the board at this point. So the Robert Hunt thing, that was a bit of a wild card, but I thought you argued a, your argument was really strong. That was really good. That Here's was a the good thing. one. You, didn't, right. you yeah. scrolled down too fast, so I didn't see Bryce Hall. Oh. <laughs> I would have picked Bryce <laughs> Hall. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brandon Ayuk is going to be the pick, and then we'll see where the rest of it goes. So Michael Pittman and Ayuk went back-to-back. Isaiah Wilson to the – Jaguars in the third. I think that's pretty good value for him. Guys, I really like this draft. Jacob Eason, Jalen yeah, Hurst sure. went back to back to the Colts and the Buccaneers. That's interesting. There's Robert Hunt at pick seventy nine to the Jets. Bryce Hall. At you say Jacob the... Eason went to the Colts? Yes, he did. Jake Fromm to the Raiders in the third. The, the Darnay Holmes to the Broncos. I really like Darnay Holmes. Did it say Bryce Hall to the Raiders as well? Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> that sucks. You know, he doesn't Benjamin fit their scheme at all. At Eighty-six though. to the Bills. There's Chase Claypool to the Saints. That's a perfect fit. Oh, there goes. I was. There's Troy at Pride that. to the Vikings. Oh my guy, Terrell Burgess in the third. Wow. Bryson Hopkins, the third tight end off the board. There's Nite our Mute. offensive guard number one, Nitain Mute, to the Packers. There's Van Jefferson. We both really like him in the third. Right. Uh, and then Ben Barch to the Patriots goes to the well. same team. The Patriots just got Van Jefferson and Ben Barch. Good lord! Hunter Bryant to the Seahawks and Antonio Gibson. That sucks. I was ah, hoping to target him later to the Rams, no less. KJ Hill, fourth round. Michael Ojemudia, and then Zach Moss to the Lions. I was looking to target Michael Ojemudia right here. Damn. All right, so the Chargers are on the board. 
Charger on the board with the 112th pick. We're going to do, it's round four, so it's the same deal. Still five minutes per pick. The exact same thing you just heard, same style. So let's do it. Jason, you're up. Go. One minute. All right. Tyler Biadaz is still on the board. I'm taking him. This isn't even an argument. You're talking about somebody who could be a first-round talent, and he's still on the freaking board. That's ridiculous. So Tyler Biadaz, an interior line out of Wisconsin. Same argument as Robert Hunt here, except he is a he is an interior offensive lineman. There's no talk, talking about going to tackle and being just depth. He's your interior line you go get. If Scott Questenberry has a down year, you're talking about Biadaz coming in and being the starting center right away. If if Forrest Lamp isn't the guy and he gets hurt again in training camp, Biadaz is the guy right away. I think Biadaz has a higher has a higher ceiling at this point than Forrest Lamp anyway because of how long Forrest Lamp has taken. And so, dude, I I'm taking Biadaz right here hands down. All the same arguments as Robert Hunt. You're you're getting a very versatile guy along that interior offensive line that can cause your team to get get a uke open get keenan allen open get mike williams open you're getting the best of both worlds right here you have time and you have time, the receivers Steven. so first of all i really like the value of be it as in the fourth round um you know i totally agree with what jason is saying there as far as an argument goes there is a little bit of injury history with me that i'm a little concerned about that would be that's really the only thing i'm worried about be it as because he does have great tape um, that being said, the Chargers are very thin at linebacker right now at this point. Um, Jatavis Brown is gone. Thomas Davis is gone. Um, they really only have three or four guys that I'm comfortable with. So Evan Weaver out of California is a guy that I really like in this situation. Um, he's the best linebacker on the board. He's a thumper that can come in and provide depth behind Denzel Perryman, who has injury issues that we know about. We know he's going to miss two or three, four games a year. And so Evan Weaver, he's not great in coverage, but as far as someone that can come in and replace what Denzel Perryman could do. Denzel Perryman has the contract issues that we're not sure about. So for me, I think Evan Weaver would be a good addition at this point in the draft in round four. Evan Weaver. That's that. that okay. We'll roll with it. Um, Evan Weaver. I went over a tape on Blake Martinez from the Packers. All right. Evan Weaver is Blake Martinez. They're essentially the same player. I think Evan Weaver is a little bit more of a thumper than Blake Martinez. Listen, the Chargers against the Packers won for the biggest reason that they targeted Blake Martinez every single play. You cannot play with a thumper at linebacker in this day and age in the NFL. Not when you're going up against guys like Patrick Mahomes. You can't do it. If you're going and getting a linebacker, it has to be a coverage guy. It cannot go and you can't go and get a run stuffer that can't cover. That's not it at this point. You you shore up on your interior O line and you give him more you give Tyrod Taylor and Jordan Love more time to compete with Patrick Mahomes. Time. Uh, yeah, there's definitely concerns about Evan Weaver. Like I mentioned, he's not great in coverage. I think at this point, though, you know, it was either go an edge player like Alex Highsmith or uh, Kenny Willicks from Michigan State. But the Chargers don't really need an edge rusher. And, I mean, you took Biedas, so. Um, <laughs> so Evan Weaver, for me, I think he feels <laughs> the biggest need at this point. The Chargers do desperately need to address the linebacker position, in my opinion. Um, starting with Denzel Perryman, Drew Tranquil, and Kaiser White is fine. That's a really good trio, but they don't have very good depth behind them. And if one of them goes down, I would be really worried about having to rely upon Malik uh, Jefferson or Mickey Egbule. I don't. I'm sure I butchered that. But so for Time, me, I want to thirty add seconds, that Jason. Go. 
You're talking about being worried about Malik Jefferson. This team obviously liked Malik Jefferson. They wanted to draft him a couple years ago instead of Uchenna and Wosu. They eventually went with Uchenna and Wosu. So obviously they believe in some to some extent that talent that Malik Jefferson can bring as a depth player. Now you can go get linebacker in free agency or find a backup. You can do it post post draft that is. And um, listen, you just you can't go get a thumper in this division. You got Drew Locke. You got Patrick Mahomes. You just you can't. Do it. You gotta go get your coverage, guys. Time. Dang it. Yeah. So totally, I get it. I get what Jason is saying here again. You know, I hate to. You know, we want to be this more uh, counter argument type situation. Um, just again, the linebacker situation. It needs to be addressed. It's a very weak class, and I know Evan Weaver is not ideal, but he is the best player on this board, and he's probably the best linebacker remaining that I would take a chance on. So I think you have to address that position. You have to add that depth and be prepared for Denzel Perryman getting hurt. Like, that's just the reality of the situation with him right now. Time. Ooh, wow. Okay, another good one. Definitely need to address either of those. They need linebacker death behind Perryman because you know he's going down. Maybe they do like the linebackers they have. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Nick DeZubner is coming back. Oh, gosh. But um, <laughs> how can you not pass up on a guy with the greatest first name in the draft? <laughs> so I'm going to go with the 112th pick. And it's a good argument. Anyway, I'm going to go with Tyler Biedaz to play on the interior offensive line. Good choice. Yay. That is a good choice. Honestly, like I, I don't disagree. I think this is a really good choice. Awesome. All right, we're moving along. Round five, same thing. Let's see what the I just, uh, Steven, I really didn't I really didn't want him to pick Evan Weaver. I was like, Evan Weaver, I don't want it. I don't want it. The, it's just the reality. Coverage. Like, you know, I thought about maybe arguing about Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. Uh just but the Chargers, I was thinking about that too. But the back-to-back receivers was a little bit risky for me, so you know, I went with Evan Weaver just because he's, it's such a big position of need. So he just yeah. went 120 to the Jets. I think that's that, that's pretty good value for him, honestly. Um, ben Bredesen to Michigan. He's another interior offensive lineman we both really like. He just went 125 to the Patriots. Anybody you guys are hoping falls? Uh, I'm looking at t- Lynn Bowden to the right Lynn now. Bowden just went to the Ravens. Anthony Gordon to the Saints. Anthony McFarland to the Seahawks. There's A.J. Dillon in the fourth. Don't like that very much. I think that's a big reach. Um, but yeah. he's very popular among Chargers fans. Lecky Fotu, I would have looked at him. Jordan Elliott, same with him. I would have been fine with him. Uh, defensive tackle on Missouri. He just went to the Chiefs at 138. Then there's Devin Duvernay, a guy I really Ooh. like, to the Dolphins in round four. And then we just started round just five. To see where, I'm just waiting to see how long takes for Steven to take Huntley. <laughs> I'm not taking two quarterbacks in one draft. Come on. Mm. Oh, Shaquille Quarterman to the Lions. Two picks before the Chargers. That would have been a really good pick for me. All right, so we are at pick 151 in the fifth round. Scroll around, Same Steven. deal. We're not going to be speeding anything up until technically the sixth round is, is five minutes too. But you know what? The sixth round will go four minutes. So six and seven will do four minutes. So it'll be a little bit faster. Make them think a little bit quicker. Put some pressure on them. Steven, you're up, right? Yep. Okay, so in this situation, um, you know, I'm looking at the board right now, and there are some. This is kind of the range that I'm looking at a lot of tight ends, uh, maybe a cornerback like Harrison Hand. Um, so in this situation, I'm going to go with the best tight end I think is that is available right now, um, and that is Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. You know, we have uh, the situation with Hunter Henry that we're not too sure about how his long-term potential is looking at this point he's dealt with a lot of injuries 
Uh, he is being, he will play this season on the franchise tag. As far as we know, there has not been a long-term deal. Um, tight end position is a position that is really hard to adjust to the next level. So you get Harrison Bryant, you let him um, learn and develop behind Hunter Henry and Virgil and Virgil Green, who's their next in the blocker. And then you prepare for the future. If Hunter Henry leaves next season, then you're ready with Harrison Bryant. You're ready with uh, Virgil Green. And Harrison Bryant, I really like him a lot. He can run every route in the route tree. He's a decent blocker. He's not great, but he can develop that behind uh, Virgil Green. And I think it fills a big need as far as depth. You know, you don't really have anyone else behind uh, Hunter Henry and Virgil Green. So I think Harrison Bryant would be my pick here. All right. So my argument here is going to be for Harrison Hand. Harrison Hand is a great cover corner, great guy both in zone and man, and he's even really good at in the press. Now, I know we got a loaded secondary here in the, on the Los Angeles Chargers, especially with Chris Harris Jr. coming in. But if you, with Desmond King rumored to be moving to safety in that Adrian Phillips role, you go get Harrison Hand to add more to the secondary, and you've got a legit secondary for when you go up against these high scoring offenses i think it's the ideal scenario you've stacked up a lot on offense it's time to go defense a little more and you go get your corner so i really like the thought of going with harrison hand here it's been pretty much fully offense here go with your defense guy so just out of of curiosity jason how would you compare harrison hand to what um the chargers currently have in mike davis uh harrison hand i would say is better in coverage mike davis is the better natural athlete uh, yeah, I, th- I, w- I would agree with that as well. Um, Harrison Hand was very tempting for me. You know, I think at this point in the draft, you know, Troy Pride is gone, Bryce Hall is gone, so I think most of the corners are going to be kind of a long shot um, to make the not make the roster, but to be able to take over what Mike Davis has done. The team apparently really likes him. Uh, so just looking at the value of the position, this is where all the tight ends are right now. You have O'Grady, you have uh, Josiah Degura, and you have Devin Asiasi. So I think if you want a tight end, this is the time to take him. And Harrison Bryant, for me, is the best of the bunch at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about tight end where it's going to be a backup guy. Now, I'm talking about Harrison Hand where he can be used in the nickel. He he might be a backup behind Michael Davis, but Harrison Bryant is not going to beat Hunter Henry. Harrison Hand might beat Michael Davis. And so then you'd have a better corner starting along the other three. You have a guy who could start. Whereas Harrison Bryant, he's not going to start over Hunter Henry. It's not going to happen. Now, if Hunter Henry continues to have injury concerns, then it can make sense. But Michael Davis, he was injured and suspended. So you have the same situation there. You bring in Harrison Hand, and you've got a guy who can compete as a starter. And he's he's going to be that coverage guy to make the secondary even better, which is just way too tempting for me. 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally get what Jason is saying here. Harrison Hand, I really like him as well. Um, this would be a really good spot to take him. I don't think he would be available in the next round. Um, just like I said, going back to my you know original point, I think just the value of the position right now is the spot to take a tight end. You know, there are some other cornerbacks that I like later, like Lamar Jackson and, and Dane Jackson. So just for me, I think the value of Harrison Bryant right now, being able to groom the tight end of the future behind Hunter Henry and Virgil Green, that would be my choice right here. Well, then I'm just going to say here, I just – You've got a good tight end room with Hunter Henry and Virgil Green. You can go add somebody still post post free agency. They they're good at finding undrafted free agent tight ends. They're really good at it. If Sean Colkin wasn't injured every single time he landed, then they would be they would be fine there in in, ter- in terms of depth. But 
free agent corner, they've really struggled with it. They've really struggled to finding free agent corners. Brandon Faison and Mike Davis are less than ideal. And so here Time. I'm taking... Sorry, Jason. All right, so 30 seconds to pick. Ah, I, I get it. If Hunter Henry goes down, you're SOL at the tight end position. But I don't know. If I'm Tom Telesco, I'm a little worried about not having my corner yet. And I'll do guys like Michael Davis and Brandon Faison do step up and have done well as undrafted free agents. I still haven't found my guy to be that that CB2. You know, Trevor Williams kind of, you know, fell out. So you, you got to take a guy at some point. It worked for me last time I took a corner in the fifth round, so I'm going with Harrison Hand here. Good choice. <laughs> Honestly, like, I really like Harrison Bryant, but, um, it, you know, that's just kind of where I see the board right now, but I, I totally get it. All right, moving forward. I'm winning. So Isaiah Hodgins just went to the Panthers. <laughs> Love Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, you are winning. But it's okay. I have two more rounds. Now, I just Ooh. saw a linebacker there that I'm a little worried gets taken in Francis Bernard. I'm really hoping he falls here because I just noticed that he's on the board. He's going to go to the Patriots just to smite us. Yeah. Ugh. Michael P. Ryan is a guy I like right here. Um, we'll see where he lands. Oh, Julian Blackman to the Seahawks. The Seahawks love Utah players. Fun fact, they have a bunch of them. <laughs> um, there's Lamar Jackson out of Nebraska, the corner I was talking about. He just went to the Bears. And then Michael P. Ryan to the Jaguars. Dane Jackson to the yeah. Bills. So it looks Both like where you are. Just got taken. Looks like Tyler made the right decision to take the corner. Francis Bernard to to the Saints. Javelin Gidgey to the Patriots. Utah guys. Yes. Just Flying off the board. Utah time. There's Harrison Bryant to the Titans, who just um, released uh, Delaney Walker. So that fills the need for them. Keyshawn Vaughn to the Packers. And a lot of Chargers fans really like him. And then round six just started. This one will go a little bit faster. We're going to do round six and seven. They'll start with a 45-second opening, a 30-second rebuttal, 30-second closing, and then my judgment after. So there's so Nate quick. Stanley to the Broncos and Geno Stone to the Giants. Patrick Taylor to Look the Look at Panthers. running backs for me. And then Antonio. Look at running backs Golden for me. I'll give you guys 30 seconds to look at everything because it's it's kind of crazy at this point. So you have 30 seconds to look at everybody. And then I already forget whose turn it is first. Jason's. So you got time. What do you want me to look at, Jason, next? Dude, I don't seconds. know. <laughs> this isn't good. I don't care if you don't know because three, two, one. Jason, go for it. All right, I'm going Isaiah Coulter here out of Rhode Island. Let's go. And so a really big sleeper here. You can maybe wait another round, but with the combine invite, and he really showed out at the combine, this dude has silk smooth hands, all right? He can catch anything. Silk smooth. You're giving, uh, you're getting another receiver here because right now you have three starting caliber receivers, and honestly, the other guys on the roster aren't even depth. We we learned that last year. So I would like to go get one more receiver right here just to be sure. And Isaiah Coulter is a guy that can come that can come in and be a real, a speedy guy. I believe he's a four four five guy, and so he's a little faster than Ayuk in terms of forty. And like I said, really smooth, like smooth as silk hands. This guy will not drop a lot of footballs. And he does come from. (laughs) I like to pick, Jason. I like to pick. So there are two guys that I'm looking at here right now. Um, It's Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, the wide receiver, and Joshua Kelly from UCLA. So I am very high on both of these players. So this is going to be a tough pick. Uh, But I'm going to go with Joshua Kelly. I think the Chargers need to address the running back position at some point. I know they're very good at um, getting undrafted free agent gems to, to come in, 
But I really, really, really like Joshua Kelly as an upside player here. Um, I think he has had a very good offseason, and I think he would be an excellent complement to Justin Jackson and to Austin Eckler. And in case any of those two go down, you have Joshua Kelly who can come in and be an RB1 right away. So I think Joshua Kelly is going to be the guy that I would argue for here. 30 seconds. Look, next round, undrafted, you could get J.J. Taylor, Reggie Corbin. There are guys that get later. You can go find dudes. Uh the receiver situation now is starting to get a lot thinner. And so if you wait too long, you're going to be taking a guy like Jeff Thomas, where pure speed, he's good. But in terms of like hands, playmaking ability, it's it's getting a little sketchy. So now I'm, I'm taking Isaiah Coulter here because I believe it's the best value on the board right now in terms of skill positions. We've already addressed offensive line. And look, you were, you were in between, Josh. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> it go, this time goes quick, you guys. So... I get what Jason is saying as far as Isaiah Coulter. I like Juwan Jennings more than Isaiah Coulter. I think Juwan Jennings has more upside. You know, he does have some character red, red flags that he was suspended for. Um, but I think Joshua Kelly comes in right away, and can, you can give him five to eight carries, take on that Justin Jackson role that Justin Jackson had last year. And in case anything goes down, like running back is such a fluid position, I think you want to have that insurance. You want to have that guy that you're comfortable with. So for me, that's Joshua Kelly. I would have Time. full confidence in him. Listen, you were between Jawan Jennings and Joshua Kelly. I was committed. Give me Isaiah Coulter. You can't even make a decision. <laughs> hey, I right? went full. I said four no, really no, that I liked him. No, it's my time to talk. You shut up, Steven. <laughs> Take Isaiah Coulter, Tyler. He is the guy. You can get a run back later. Justin Jackson is already on the team. You don't need a new Justin Jackson role. You have a Justin Jackson role. Take Isaiah Coulter, Tyler. Steven? Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to argue with that passion, but... Again, I think Juwan Jennings is better than Isaiah Coulter at this situation, so if I'm going receiver, I would take him. But I just really, really, really like Joshua Kelly. I think this round six, I don't think he'll be here at this point, so this uh, points to value for me. I think he probably ends up going in round four or five just because I value him so high as a running back. I think he has RB1 upside. I don't think Isaiah Coulter has wide receiver one upside. I don't think Juwan Jennings has wide receiver one upside, but I do think Joshua Kelly has RB1 upside. Okay, Jason, knock, knock. Oh, one more? Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm not taking. <laughs> I'm not taking who? I'm not taking Isaiah Coulter. <laughs> I'm going to pick Joshua Kelly. Because, listen, I like I get it. You could take a running back later on, but I'm a little worried that I don't have one right now. I, I, you know, you're talking to a Chinese guy here, and I hear something about like value, and that just that just really works for me. So even though Tom Telesco isn't Chinese, I am. So I'm taking some good value, apparently, because I guess you can have Joshua Kelly earlier but he's here in the sixth so i like that so joshua kelly out of that stupid ucla school that's what i'm taking <laughs> unbelievable excellent unbelievable choice. <laughs> excellent choice but this makes it great because we are tied at three and three so this well makes now i can't take round. reggie corbin next round gosh dang oh, it steven i'm sorry you know well reggie corbin Tyler is Telesco way better than joshua kelly so. unbelievable <laughs> i just disagree with that statement I, i'm not a big fan of reggie corbin. you had to fight that earlier man i didn't know there was a i didn't know what this guy's name was later on you know i wasn't wasn't sure i said reggie corbin unbelievable oh, you did well you did, whatever yeah, it was really loud so the sixth round is going on um <laughs> it's kind of uh just no man's land right now isaiah coulter just went to the bears at 196 good job bears you're smart <laughs> I don't think Smart and the Bears go together. They did take oh, James Morgan too. at 200. That's, That's really interesting. Uh, Trey, the fake I, version of the Bears are Smart. <laughs> the Madden the version. <laughs> I can't believe they traded for Nick Foles, man. They signed Jimmy Graham. 
They have like so 13 tight ends. Seems like the quarterbacks right now, Steven Montez just went and Tyler Huntley to the Jaguars. That's really interesting. Hmm. Um, there's Michael, Michael Walker, Walker from here. Fresno State. A lot of Chargers fans have asked me about him. There's A.J. Green from Oklahoma State. He's another corner that I like, and just in case you know you get to this point and you don't have one, he's a guy that I really like. Robert Hill is another one I like. Round seven just started. So this is going to be the tough one. This is the time where really you have so many sleepers that could go in any direction. Okay, so I'll give you guys a full minute, and then we'll go over who we've taken so far. Okay. Got Jeff Thomas out of Miami. That's interesting. Let me know if you want to see a certain position. For anybody listening right now, we have linebacker, tight end, and interior defensive line as the needs, says the draft network. So we could be looking at linebacker, tight end, interior defensive yeah, line let's here. let's look at linebacker. Let's pull that up. So there's not a whole lot of linebackers at this point. Davion Taylor's okay. TJ Brunson's okay. David Reese is interesting. He's the one out of Florida. Out of Florida. Let's pull up defensive line. Uh, that's even worse than linebacker. So we started, obviously, with Jordan Love. So Jason can just go to bed happy. <laughs> then we took Austin Jackson, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Biadaz. That's our interior offensive lineman. Harrison Hand at corner. Joshua Kelly at running backs. So we got quarterback, tackle, receiver, guard or center, whatever you put him at, corner, and running back. So we kind of filled... Most of the needs at this point, we yeah. just got to find maybe some depth or yeah. At this point in round knows. seven, you're you know there's it's just a wild card thing at this point. So you really want to just take a guy you think has some high upside. Like you know this is the kind of range where the Chargers took Sam Tevy just because they thought that he had um, some good upside. So um, there's lots of different. Steven, directions. start us off. Okay, go forty five seconds. So my direction that I want to go in is Benjamin Victor from Ohio State. Um, I think. You know, receivers, there's some good ones that I like in this kind of range, like Jeff Thomas. Um, I think Benjamin Victor is uh, provides a good red zone threat. He provides some good route running. We know Ohio State is known for their receiver development. Um, so I have full confidence in drafting Benjamin Victor to come in and be the wide receiver four behind Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Brandon Ayuk. And, you know, the same argument that Jason was using for um, Isaiah Coulter, that's what I'm going to use here for Benjamin Victor. You want to take a guy here that you think has good upside that could provide good depth and step up in a need, uh, in, a, in a situation of need. And so I think Benjamin Victor provides that for the team here. Jason. Flag. He used my argument. Flag. I should have won. <laughs> if you win by using my argument, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Go. Yeah. All right. I'm taking Kendall Coleman out of Syracuse, edge defender. Now, Kendall Coleman is going to be a good guy to bring in and be that backup. Last year, you saw a battle between Peace and Lanier or whatever his name is. I can't even remember. They're very thin edge rusher outside of the the top three being Ingram, Unwosu, and Bosa. Now, you bring in Kendall Coleman, who have the Chargers have visited, and now you have a little more depth, and you have a little more to work with in the case that you want to move on from Ingram in the future. You don't want to pay him, and if you don't want to bring him back or you want to trade him for picks— then you have you have a little more depth there behind in Wosu and Bosa. Time, thirty seconds. So that that is a good argument. I, you know, I, I could see the Chargers taking an edge rusher here. We know that uh, Tom Telesco likes adding pass rushers. I just think the wide receiver position is such a big position of need this year. Um, I have faith in Andre Patton developing a little bit. I know he's a really good blocker, but I don't think he's a very good route runner. And so you want to have a good guy that can come in and be that route running 
uh, potential specialist. And I think Benjamin, Benjamin Victor out of Ohio State offers that route running upside. He offers that red zone upside that Andre Patton and Jason Moore just simply cannot Time. provide. So now Benjamin Victor listed at 6'4", 200 pounds. You'd think he'd be good at blocking, right? But he isn't good at blocking. He sucks at blocking. So now your wide receiver four isn't a good blocker. So what is he going to do? He's going to rotate with Andre Patton. Don't get a guy that's going to rotate with Andre Patton. Get Kendall Coleman. Sign. <laughs> Steven. So is there... Close it out. This is it. So, you know, again, I think Kendall Coleman would be a fine pick here. It's just seventh-round edge rushers. I'm not expecting a whole lot of that. You know, we already have a seventh-round edge rusher in Isaac Rochelle, who I don't really love at this point. Um, I think wide receiver is a much easier position to develop at. It's a much easier position for him to get reps at. And I think the Chargers need to add some more wide receiver depth. I don't think they need to add another edge rusher. I think they're pretty set. So it's just a position of need. Time. Look, Benjamin Victor is the guy running for school president that's talking about homework and, and <laughs> now recess we're attacking and stuff his like character? that. Look, Kendall Coleman will get you ice cream and soda. All right. Vote Kendall Coleman. Get Kendall Coleman. He's going to be the, the depth you need, especially with Ingram getting up there in age. We don't know if Bosa's returning. I mean, he's returning. Whoa. But according to some Twitter accounts, he's not. All right? So if Bosa wants to go play for the Niners, according to some Twitter accounts, you take Kendall Coleman here <laughs> just in case. Time. Wow. Okay, well, I cannot fact check the ice cream versus school president debate. <laughs> the smear campaign came um, out strong. <laughs> the whole smear campaign. Okay, I got, I got 23 seconds to decide a winner here. Oh, gosh. I do see both, but I think... Guys, this is really tough because I get that. You don't want, you don't want someone that rotates with Andre Patton, but then why would you take an edge guy if you also have Isaac Rochelle? But then you didn't really like him. Oh, man, this is tough. Okay, with the 220th pick. Oh, gosh, I'm going to just make someone really sad. I'm going Kendall Coleman out of Syracuse. No! <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> you're you're you mad? Ben Victor, he's better. <laughs> Your argument, you know what? The passion was there. I like the argument. And you know what? If I'm the Chargers, even though it doesn't make any sense, I feel like... I can develop someone later on. I already have a receiver that I took, and if if I get a, if I'm if I have Ingram, if I have Bosa, if I have Mosu, I'm probably ditching Rochelle if he has another year. So if I got another guy behind him, and I mean they were very close to keeping peace in Lanier, so mm-hmm. you know they they want someone. So gotta go with an edge guy. And based on your argument, I had to go with the guy you you uh, you chose. You argued well for him. It was the I mean, ice cream who apparently you hate. It. it was the ice cream, wasn't it? <laughs> It was a good pick. Kendall Coleman would be a really good pick in the seventh round. So I do want to bring up someone here, uh, Davion Taylor out of Colorado. He's a guy I considered. I I just think I'd rather kind of wait if he would be an undrafted free agent guy. Um, He's a linebacker out of Colorado that kind of intrigues me. But I think, you know, he he did go in the seventh round, but I think he probably goes undrafted. And um, he's a guy I thought briefly about. There are some good receivers that are about to be available as UDFAs, too. Lawrence yeah, Cage right, exactly. just went, actually. James Prosh is there. You've got so, Aaron Fuller out of Washington, who is a highlight machine. So there's some good receivers still out there. There's your so, guy, Reggie Corbin, to the Texans. Gosh. Let's dang. talk about undrafted free agents when the draft ends. Well, we'll go over our draft, and then we'll talk about undrafted free agents and then maybe some free agents that are out there. There's Aaron Fuller so to the Broncos. 
Cool. Okay, finalizing the draft. Let's go over it. So we have Love at six, which is all Jason needed today. I'm happy. Then we have Austin Jackson at 37, Brandon Ayuk at 71, Tyler Biedaz, and the what is the round? Is this fourth round? Harrison Hand, we got our corner. Then Joshua Kelly, running back, and then Kendall Coleman, who Jason argued for and then hated. <laughs> so I'm just a little confused. <laughs> well, you told us you but, can't pick right. the same guys. I was going to take Benjamin Victor. I was like looking it up and like looking at yeah. my player profile on him. Yeah. And then Steven, in his infinite wisdom, went and picked him. So I couldn't do it. Hey, well, that is a good sign that, that good we both guys. felt like we both wanted Victor. So Yeah, no, except I good. won and you lost. Are we able to look at uh, players that are left or not? I don't know if the mock draft has a... No, we're not. There were some I names think. that I paid attention to. Um, one of the guys that I'd be really interested in this situation since he wasn't drafted uh, is John Hightower out of Boise State. Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't get drafted. I think he probably does not get drafted, but I could see him sneaking into round seven. Um, just watching him on tape, he reminded me of Tyrell, Tyrell Williams a lot. He's long, he's fast, he's got those long strides. Um, and he's also a kick returner. So, you know, he could come in and provide some special teams boost and go alongside Brandon Ayuk to just give you some good depth. We, you know, we don't really know what uh, Desmond King's situation is going to be. I think he probably bulks up to play safety. So I think it probably takes away a little bit from his returning ability. So the return specialist role is kind of going to be up for grabs. Um, we'll see if they bring Troy Main Pope back. I thought he was good as a returner, but I think they probably add some guys to to come into that role. So John Hightower out of Boise State would be someone that I'd be really interested in to come in as an undrafted free agent. That's a good one. That's a good one. We want to go over the picks at all? Like kind of review them a little bit? Sure. Sure. Let's do it. All right. So pick one, obviously, mine, Jordan Love. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm happy about that one. I'm happy because you didn't have to give up anything to trade up. And so it left you a lot of room, as we saw, to make some big moves. Like you got some good players down the stretch, which you would be giving up if you were to trade up to, to three or four. And so I really like where this ended up. And I think I won. I think I, I think I won more picks <laughs> oh than Steven. That's the important I think, part. I think it was four three. Which is nice. This is nice yeah. for me. I like that. Not bad. Love is um, an interesting one. If Tango Vailo was there, Steven, you're, that's your guy, though? Yeah. you know, For me, I, I have Tua above Jordan Love. And for me, that's kind of the same risk there that you have with Jordan Love of, you know, everybody points to the interceptions. I think the lack of good coaches was why he had so much interceptions, so many interceptions this year. Um, but when you're comparing Tua and Jordan Love, I think you have the same amount of risk just because of health and because of poor decision-making on Jordan Love's part. Um, but ultimately for me, when I'm taking a quarterback in this draft, I want to take a swing at somebody that can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, maybe Drew Locke develops. I think he ends up good or uh, pretty good. I don't think he's going to be a high-ceiling elite kind of guy. But when you're going up against Mahomes, I want to take a swing for the fences. So taking Jordan Love over Justin Herbert, that would be my preference as well. Um, but... I think Tua has just that little more oomph, that little more natural talent that would give him the edge over Jordan Love if he was available, but he, but he wasn't. He went the pick to the Dolphins. All right, so pick number 37, we we went with Austin Jackson. My argument was for Denzel Mims. I actually like taking Austin Jackson here. You know, there were some guys available later um, that we started to see, like Robert Hunt and Tyler Biedaz. I didn't expect that. 
Um, so it was a it was it might have made sense to go Denzel Mims and wait for guys like Hunt and Biadas, but we went with uh, Austin Jackson here, and I'm okay with that because now you're protecting uh, Tyrod Taylor and you're protecting your rookie quarterback in the future. It's a great pick here. I like Austin Jackson. I think he has some things to work on, but I like his length. Um, I just think he needs to work on some stuff like balance and raw strength. Uh, I think that strength will go up when he gets to the NFL level and starts working with NFL trainers. But it's just something a little concerning right now. But I do like Austin Jackson a lot. So when you're talking about the offensive tackles, I think you have a clear tier one. And then the the tier two is kind of up for grabs. Um, But in that range, you have Josh Jones, Ezra Cleveland, Austin Jackson. Um, Those are kind of my tier two tackles. Um, Josh Jones went in the first round and Ezra Cleveland went early in the first round. I think he was the second pick in the second round. Um, so Austin Jackson was a no brainer for me. I'm not the biggest fan of Lucas Niang. I think he was another one that was available. Um, Mm -hmm. I like Ben Barch out of St. John's. I think if, uh, Tyler had argued for, or had chosen Denzel Mims, Ben Barch would have been my third round target. Um, but I think Austin Jackson was the best tackle of the group available. I think Ben Barch is going to be a better player than Austin Jackson. Uh, I just didn't want to go offensive tackle and um, when Denzel Mims was still on the board. That was insane value, like a yeah. first-round right. guy. And so, you know, I was just I was too intrigued with Denzel Mims. But looking in hindsight, I'm more comfortable that we went with Austin Jackson. That, that makes more sense. Um, next up, we had Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. And uh, Tyler... Picked Brandon Ayuk, and I can't argue it. I went with Robert Hunt, I believe, right? Yeah. And um, look, I get going Brandon Ayuk there. Robert Hunt, I was just kind of throwing it out there because you know I wanted the I wanted the offensive line depth, and Stephen took the guy I want, which is Brandon Ayuk, and so I couldn't go with Brandon Ayuk. I've been a big Brandon Ayuk guy for a long time, actually. Now I remember I I told about these guys about him a while back before we even thought of this podcast, and. You know, this is just really good pick here. Brandon Ayuk is only six foot, six foot one, and he has a six 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 seven wingspan. Yeah, he's it's long. huge, and so you're getting a guy that can really go and get those jump balls alongside Mike Williams. And even though he did run a four five, he does have that that play speed that will allow Tyrod Taylor to stretch the field a bit more, which is very important uh, since we passed up on Isaiah Coulter for my least favorite pick, Joshua Kelly. <laughs> it's the only pick I didn't like. <laughs> Yeah, so when you're talking about Brandon Ayuk, I think he's one of the players that um, not necessarily will hurt him, but he's not going to have a pro day to kind of amend for his 40 time at the combine because of all this coronavirus and stuff like that. So taking him in the third round, I think he's definitely going to be there. Or not definitely, I shouldn't say definitely, you never know, but he's probably going to be there at 71 in the third round. And so for me, he was the best receiver of the bench, and... I, I'm not sure if Ben Marcher's available at this point. I don't think he was. Um, he was I, taken just before. That's right. He was taking the pick before. So I really like Robert Hunt, as I stated, when we were doing this thing back and forth. I think he could be a good tackle. I think he could be a good guard. Um, but I think Brandon Ayuk just has a much higher ceiling, and that's that's ultimately what happened. So, Tyler, what is what was your favorite pick, like, out of all seven that we had? Uh, you can't say Biadaz. I mean, that's cheating. Well, geez, <laughs> I was going to pick Biadaz, man. <laughs> Not because of the first name, but just because, you okay, know, then. I mean, listen, I'm going off of your guys' recommendations. I'm not going off of the fact that I watched him. I was like, oh, I really like him. I'm just going off of your recommendations. But 
you know, you say you guys have, have a guy like Biedas in the fourth round who can come and compete. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of sick of the whole. If he plays guard, great, because I'm kind of sick of the whole forest lamp Dan Feeney. Yeah. I don't know. Will I? Will I be good? Will I be healthy sort of thing? So you get a guy in there who can just knock that out and, and, and really start and grow next to maybe Jackson or with Pipkins, with Bulaga, with hopefully Questenberry. And now you've, you've basically got a line for the next couple of years that you can work with or at least depth. Maybe Turner goes down. Who knows? So I think if he's a guy that you think should go earlier yet he's there in the fourth and he's a guy who can fix some problems that I don't like about the offensive line, that's cool with me. Yeah, for sure. And Biadaz would definitely bring in some more depth and value to the offensive line. And, um, you know, with Mike Pouncey being a question mark as well, he's at least center depth at the very least. Mm-hmm. And yep. so that's a guy that should probably be going in the second round. I would not be surprised if Biadaz was taken in the first round. I'm going to be honest because interior line is so weak that if you like, if you take a, if there was a guy taken early at interior offensive line, I feel like it would be Biadaz. Yeah, I really like Biedas as well. He's someone that I watched and was very high on. Um, I was reading up on him, and apparently there are a lot of scouts that are worried about his injury history. That's why he's not like a first, second round hype type player right now. Um, but in the fourth round, I think that is really, really good value for him. And you know, we're all kind of sick of the four slam thing at this point. I, I really hope that the guy comes in this year and can you know mm-hmm. prove us all wrong. But I'm I'm just kind of done with the injuries. Dan Feeney, apparently he's a better center than he's a guard. I'm not too sure about that. So I, I really like taking Biedas here, and I think probably Questenberry would move to guard in the future if Biedas was a starting center. I would be more comfortable starting Questenberry at guard than Biedas. Um, but you know, I think fourth round, that's really good value for him. All right, and then we also had Joshua Kelly, which I hated. I did not like that pick <laughs> at all. I'm going to be honest. Like, Steven, Steven as soon as you said anymore. As soon as you said Joshua Kelly, I was just like, I, I hate it. I hate it. I don't like that because you still had really good guys available later, like Reggie Corbin. You had uh, J.J. Taylor, who I believe is going to be a great receiving back. And then to to top it off, Joshua Kelly isn't really like a power guy. He's more of a momentum guy. So like for the argument that the Chargers need a power back, he doesn't really fit that either. So, I mean, Joshua Kelly, I do like some of his game. Like I said, he does have a good momentum buildup before the line of scrimmage. But in terms of uh, just being a fit here, I just I don't really like it. But I could see the Chargers making the move, though, because they do like those running backs that build momentum prior to hitting the line of scrimmage. Brandon Oliver is a good example of that. Austin Eckler is a good example of that. Uh, Justin Jackson being the only one that's kind of different. He's more of a vision guy that's patient yeah. and waits for the hole to open up. So. So I could see Joshua Kelly, and I like Joshua Kelly. I just think even even that round is a little rich for me because they're so good at finding undrafted guys. Yeah, totally. You know, Reggie Corbin is a guy I wouldn't hate. I think Reggie Corbin probably complements what the Chargers do right now. I think he's probably a better power back in this situation. Um, His lateral movement is insane too. Yeah, I, I, I like Reggie Corbin again. I just think Joshua Kelly at that point in round six, that's really good value for a guy that I think has RB1 upside. Um, again, I think I'm much higher on him than most. I think Bucky Brooks really likes him, but I don't know a, uh, of a whole lot of scouts that really value him the way that I am as like a fourth, fifth rounder. Um, I just I think that RB1 upside is there for me, which is I which is why I chose to argue for him. 
When was Javon Leak taken? I didn't see him taken. I was waiting for him. I was he, waiting I to see his name. I don't know if he was. He wasn't. I, he ran a very slow 40 time, and so I think that's kind of going to hurt him. Because when you Got watch you. him on tape, he, he is fast. Like, he was their main return man. Like, he is very explosive. But I think that That, that was a time weird was, time for him. It was. It's like Elijah Holyfield all over again, where, yeah. like, Holyfield looks faster on tape, but it's just like... It didn't happen. Javon Leak looks like a four three four four guy on tape. Like he looks he does. fast. He does. So he ran a four seven. Surprised the heck out of me. I was not expecting that at all. And then uh, last up, we went Kendall Coleman out of Syracuse. Now um, I'm not mad at it, but I definitely wanted Benjamin Victor there. Both guys were interviewed by the Chargers though, so they're both possible targets. Uh, both talked to the Chargers uh, formally, and so. It's possible that either one is taken, and I mean, Kendall Coleman would be good value in the seventh round. He's a good run defender, I think, and he does offer some more of a bull rush move. So he's kind of more like a more like a Joey Bosa backup than a Melvin Ingram backup. But um, hmm. that's something that is desperately needed, I think, because if Joey Bosa went down, uh, it's uh, it's just never good. Yeah. It's a never a good thing. And so Kevin uh, Kendall Coleman, sorry, offers good value there. I would like Benjamin Victor a lot, though. I think. You know, he's got sneaky speed on tape. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he he really surprises you on tape. He's a 6'4", 200-pound guy. So the fact that he does have that speed, I think he's what people wish T. Higgins was. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big T. Higgins fan. Mm-hmm. I think Benjamin Victor is what people wish T. Higgins was or think T. Higgins is. So I would have really liked Benjamin Victor there, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah, in round seven, you really that rep really is a good time to take uh, a second receiver and double down. So... Something I've kind of toyed with is taking Lynn Bowden in the third or fourth round or Antonio Gibson in the third round, a guy that can kind of be um, a gadget receiver running back type player. And then in the seventh round, you grab a guy like Benjamin Victor, which I think would be really interesting. Um, But the seventh round, you have like Jeff Thomas was there too. I mentioned John Hightower. Um, Austin Mack, the other Ohio State receiver, was there. So seventh round, I think that's a really good time to double down on the receivers if the Chargers wanted um i don't hate the Coleman pick i think you know isaac rochelle i hope he develops and i i wouldn't mind taking another edge rusher there just because isaac rochelle hasn't done enough um i just think that the re- receiver needs to get that double down position so um again that, that would be really good value either way nice all right so how do we fill up the rest of the holes we definitely need linebacker depth we definitely need a tight end depth another receiver so what probably. do you guys think yeah definitely another receiver yeah, so in this situation, so you're targeting you're targeting some uh, receiver undrafted free agents like John Hightower. I think you probably would. I think they probably add at least one running back undrafted free agent as well, like Jason mentioned, Javon Leak. Um, but linebacker, I mean, there are some decent linebackers that are free agents right now. Um, I think you probably would be hoping for uh, someone to get cut. You know, maybe I, I don't think I saw mm-hmm. Kalik Hudson get drafted. Um, the linebacker slash safety hybrid that Jason talked about on our linebacker episode. So he's a guy that I would be interested in bringing as an undrafted free agent as well. Yeah, Kalik Hudson is definitely a guy I would I would hope is on their radar. Um, even going into the sixth round, like instead of Joshua Kelly, if we had Kalik Hudson there, I would have been pretty happy. Uh, I just I didn't even see him on the list. I think he was pretty far down there on ZDN's list. So. Kalik Hudson a possibility. John Hightower definitely a possibility. Uh, there's some small school guys that might make it to UDFA status. And, um, you know, tight end, man, this is this is a very top-heavy tight end class. It's not – once you get to the past Cheyenne O'Grady and Harrison Bryant, it's done. 
There's not a lot of guys. There's the guy out of Portland State, did you say? Yeah, Charlie uh, Tomapayo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guy that could be a possibility as a UDFA. Uh, Cornerback-wise, in case you need a cornerback, you got Reed Harrison Ducrow that, is, that may be available. I know I've heard a lot of talk that he might be going higher. Um, even in date, like borderline day two. So you never know. And then in terms of like interior D-line, that's going to be another need. Um, so it's just you, UDFA guys in terms of who we saw taken. Kalik Hudson and Javon Leak would be the guys I'm looking for. J.J. Taylor as well. Cool. Anything else, guys? No, I think I'm, think yeah, I'm good. I'm happy with this mock draft. Except for Joshua cool. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, all right, guys, that's our mock draft. We will have another one as the draft comes closer, maybe get a better idea of what the Chargers are doing. Maybe they sign a couple of free agents, and who knows? Now it's a whole different mock draft going forward. Um, if you'd like to yell at Jason or Steven for their picks or me for my decision, Jason, Steven, where can they find you on Twitter? So my personal oh my, my personal Twitter account is Stephen I. Hagland. And then uh, definitely tweet us back what you think at the Twitter podcast, which just passed 1,000 followers the other day. So thank you for that. We're very grateful, grateful for all the entries to, to add the reviews and stuff like that. It's been a really good weekend for us on Twitter. So you can find me at Centauri13 on Twitter, at GSA Podcast 17 on Instagram. Now, keep an eye out on for both. I am going to be coming out with Approve It. Jordan Love is... The guy at six, finally. I know people have been asking why the heck I'm so stupid in taking Jordan Love. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of hate. So if you want to scream at me, it's at Centauri13 on Twitter. Join the club of everybody. So yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry that I'm such a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> but love at six. I, I believe in my guy. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I think that. I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out. I think the Chargers, I think they know what they want already. They usually do by now. They usually know who they want way, like way in advance. So we'll see. Nothing I say is yeah, going to change to, our I'd mind. Love to, I would love, love, love to see a Jordan Love breakdown because like if I, if I were actually looking at the draft we just did, I would have taken Okuda just because I think you can get a guy maybe later. I mean, Justin Herbert went like 22nd. You can trade back up for him or something. I don't know. But proving to me why you should take him at six and why that's okay and just show me you know i don't know what you see in him that'd be that'd be amazing because we all know you love love at six but let's let's see it why what is there what is why should we take him over a guy like herbert so uh, i'm really interested to see that so anyway you can find me uh at tyler j shoon on twitter or find me on facebook just uh search up the guilty charge podcast and and find me there or just add me on facebook if you want i don't care i'm I'm lonely at this point because I have to self-quarantine, so <laughs> whatever. Uh, we all have to self-quarantine. So everybody, everybody stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Get your toilet paper. Get your rice and pasta. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Bye. 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 <laughs> this is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.